0: Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Falmouth Share Space podcast. We here understand the dangers and uncertainty in the world that surrounds us and thought that this may help provide some solace and a sense of normality to our world. The intent of the show is to connect local businesses with our audience and to understand and strategize tips on weathering the storm. So without any further ado, we are happy that you could join us, and let's dive into our first interview with Matthew Carmichael, the owner and operator of Falmouth Airspace. Falmouth Airspace opened its doors just last year. However, starting a new venture is nothing new to Matt, as he has built several tech companies from their infancy and successfully exited them to pursue other ventures. Currently, he oversees a multifaceted staff of just under a dozen employees. Matt, we would love to invite you to tell us more about your business. Thank you for having me. Sure. I mean, we have a couple of businesses, a technology company that we operate
1: in Albany, New York, but over on the Cape, we have Fama a share space that my wife and I just started recently. I guess you would call us uh, wash of shores. We're from the Albany, New York area, but uh, we're now operating and living in beautiful Cape Cod, Massachusetts. We have Falmouth Share Space, which is in downtown Falmouth on 197 Palmer, just down the road from the Martha Vineyard Falmouth branch. And uh, it's sort of a co-working share space for hopefully what we would like to bring in as like-minded people, entrepreneurs, small businesses just getting started. Uh, We have some private suites. We're just starting to launch our, our co-working space And we also have physical and and virtual mailboxes for use. The virtual mailboxes are great because it allows somebody else to receive your mail, which they will scan or copy into a computer that you can access from your mobile device or your computer anywhere, so you don't actually have to physically receive your your U.S. postal mail anymore. Purchased a building in September of 2019, so it's just, just starting the business and launched the co-working in the virtual mailboxes in January of, of 2020. And that is where we are today.
0: That's really interesting. Uh, I think in the cities you hear companies like WeWork, but there isn't the same density of co-working in software companies on the Cape. So I was wondering what intrigued you about coming here.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur from an early age of kind of wanted to work for myself and I had success for the last 25 years or so in the in the technology sector in Albany and as I've gotten older one of the things I've wanted to do is share my knowledge with other startups and other entrepreneurs. We have a, sh- a sort of a shared space for our company in Albany that we rent uh, and I saw their model and when I came out here I thought that would be a good model for us to bring onto the cape and it definitely would be a good way for me to uh, meet with other entrepreneurs and share some experience and knowledge and help them get their their businesses off the ground.
0: So Matt, I think one thing that would be really beneficial to the audience, we'll try to keep it brief, but I was wondering if you just had any, you know, kind of lessons that you'd like to share anything that you think would be transferable to the, the general population of business owners?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say probably being careful with, with capital investments. Initially starting, uh, you want to avoid debt. And it's also if you're someone who's working an hourly job or a full-time job and you're trying to start your business, I would first start with probably what I would consider a side hustle, um, working nights or weekends or just opposite of your day job or your full-time position to see if, if there is traction there and if there's an ability to make some money. So you might do a side hustle for six months and, and then decide whether or not it's something that you can turn into a full-time operation. One of the things that I've always avoided is debt. I think pretty much almost any business you should be able to start for less than ten thousand. So, if people are listening, I would say if you can avoid debt and start a business, that would be the the best way to go. I think that's probably where I've had my most success is avoiding overextending and getting too much capital, basically throwing too much at something at once, which is why I do think a lot of businesses fail within their first seven years just because it's very difficult to get them off the ground. And if you, you overextend yourself and you can never fill in that hole, eventually you'll end up having to close and take a loss.
0: So after almost 30 years in business, what is the number one lesson that you've learned?
1: Yeah, let me think. I I I think one of the biggest challenges is finding the right people, both consultants and employees. So finding the right lawyer, finding the right accountant, finding the right marketing person is always challenging. And finding the right employees to help support your business is, is difficult. I think early on, I kind of may have rushed, did two or three interviews instead of 20, maybe gotten referrals for a lawyer or two that didn't really specialize in the areas that I needed. Eventually, over time, I would have to let those employees go or let those outside vendors go and, and, and finding the right one. So I think as far as the lessons learned is concerned is, you know, I'd really take some time hiring anyone, doing some due diligence, coming up with some interview questions, coming up with some common questions, looking for referrals, checking references, things like that, that would help avoid maybe having to have someone in your organization for six months that just doesn't perform and having to deal with that frustration until you do find the right person. The one thing I would have to say, or the positive thing I would have to say is that the technology has gotten quite a bit better. So there's things like Indeed and there's exams that people can take. And there's a lot of screening that can be done that that you as a business owner no longer have to do, the platforms do for you, which will give you better candidates.
0: So speaking on your extended business career and kind of how you've been able to start and maneuver the business world, I was just wondering if you had any inspiration, if there was anybody that mentored you or perhaps, you know, kind of held your hand through some of these ventures that really helped you get started.
1: You know, my family was, was, my father owned his own business. My, my grandfather, he, he was a priest, but he, he kind of worked for himself in a way. We've always had a lot of entrepreneurs in our family that helped. And when I was younger, I, I worked at a restaurant and the owners were Pat and Wes, the, Wes was the general manager and they actually mentored me quite a, quite a bit in my young career. I started with them when I was 15 and I worked with them for probably eight years and I learned a lot from them. And after working for them for, for eight years I realized that uh I prefer to work for myself and not and, and not for somebody else.
0: So moving on to the biggest news, uh with the coronavirus dominating the headlines, I was curious if and how it was affecting your business.
1: Yeah, so definitely it's it's um it's shut our business down completely, which is unfortunate because we just started like I said in the building we got in September started offering their services and then in January started doing a lot more marketing, a lot of updates to the to the building to uh, make it uh more convenient for co-working started reaching out talking to people, bringing more customers in so we were actually in a good place where we're starting to grow revenue and grow a business we had a lot of ideas and unfortunately now we've had a we've had to close completely we're looking likely to be a temporary
0: close. So is there anything that you did proactively to combat the virus or, you know, what kind of steps have you taken in recent days in a business sense?
1: Well, I mean, coronavirus is all over the news. I did pay quite a bit attention to what was going on in Italy. And I did sort of keep that in my, the foreground of of my business decisions to ensure that. because I felt whatever was happening there is likely going to happen here. I think the one maybe misstep I may have made with that thinking is that it, it did happen a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've had discussions with my wife and some plans. I made sure that we had enough cash uh, to pay, you know, the next couple of mortgage payments. I made sure all our bills were up to date, our electricity or internet. Um, and then, um began doing some uh, some research and reach, reaching out to uh, the lenders in case we needed additional equity, how we would get that and how quickly that stuff could happen. So I did make some preemptive um, decisions ahead of time by making sure that you know we had enough uh, cash in the bank accounts to last a couple months, but uh, everything did happen very, very fast. Um, and unfortunately, what we had to do is lay off the majority of our employees um, on a temporary basis, because obviously without any revenue, we don't have any any way to pay them. And there's a lot of questions about uh what the long term effect is going to be on this. But uh yeah, I think initially, I kind of saw this coming. Um, so I did make sure to get some cash in the bank to cover expenses for a couple months.
0: Okay, and finally to wrap up, one thing that we saw actually last night was that the Senate uh, voted down a bill to provide some relief effort for small businesses. So I was just wondering, as a business owner yourself who hires a handful of employees, if there are any laws or changes or perhaps bills that you would like to see that would, you know, that you would think would help or would provide help where it's needed?
1: You know, I do have some concerns because the government is starting to interfere with the private sector. When you start forcing people to stay at home and you start controlling who can and can not open for business, you're obviously uh, having effect on the private sector. So if you're going to allow the government to get involved with the private sector, I would probably would want to see that the sort of maybe even a complete shutdown of that private sector, meaning that I would expect the markets to close and I would expect a, let's just say, a three-month moratorium on interest payments and loan payments. And utility bills, uh, mortgages, and rents uh, across the board. I, I don't see how you can do it for some industries and not others. And if you're going to tell suppliers they can only provide essential services and ship essential products, I almost feel that there has to be a, a kind of a close within the capital private market as well because you're you're affecting everyone's business, you're affecting everyone's your your their cash, you're affecting everyone's 401k. So. I guess what I would like to see is if you're going to shut down business, you got to shut it down for three months and then just reopen it all altogether and, and, and shut everything down except for essential services and three months' time reopen it. And I would think that in my mind, that would be the only way to allow businesses and, and uh, banks and airlines and stuff to survive without bailouts, without individually selecting industries. You know, I, I think my biggest concern is that this coronavirus is probably going to bankrupt more people than it's going to kill. And I'm not sure how that's going to be rectified. And when crises do happen, government tends to respond somewhat quickly, but a lot of times it's not well thought out.
0: So Matt, I'd like to thank you for giving us your time. I was just wondering, as a closing question for all everybody who's listening, perhaps any business owners, if there was one piece of advice you could give, what that might be?
1: Well, certainly, you know, I want everyone to stay safe, you know, and hang in there because we will overcome this. I, I would say as a small business owner, go out to the SBA, contact your lenders, see what's available for you. And the other thing I, I think I would say is is there's a lot of unknowns and, and try not to rush too quickly into anything. You know, you don't, you don't want to swing at the first pitch, but you don't want to strike out. So, I, you know, I would say just hang in there, pay attention to what's going on. It changes every day you got to kind of digest that information over time and make a decision. And in some cases, for some people, the decision may be closed permanently.
0: And that will conclude our first episode. I would like to thank you very much for listening, and I hope that wasn't too painful. If you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to reach out at co-work at falmasharespace.com. Take care and have a wonderful night.